Hey everybody, welcome to Quest for Peace. I'm Ayaz Akhtar. If, if you've never seen this show and you don't know what we talk about on this program, a lot of this uh, stuff revolves around me trying to figure out how to be internally calm and peaceful. And it, it's a quest for peace because I've been working on this for about now seven years or so. I've been trying to figure out how to be a better person, try to be less volatile, try to be less intense, try to be less obsessive. You know, a lot of things that are useful, you know, in, in, in a lot of senses. It's very useful in and problem solving, but day to day, it can drive you freaking crazy. So on this show, I like to try to explain some of the stuff that's worked for me, some of the stuff that hasn't worked for me. And if we're lucky enough, we get to have guests on the program. So we've been having a nice uh, string of guests lately. And the idea is to find out what these people do to be happy, because these people are usually my friends and they're, they're chill enough to still know me after several years. So if that's true, they must be quite mentally sane because they still are my friends. So today, I'm lucky enough to have Sarah Lane on, uh, and we have a. If you're watching the video version, you're going to see this picture lots and lots of times because <laughs> because um, just imagine me kind of snarling for this entire this the duration of our time together. I like this. So just 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 think of me as that woman. She never looks like like that. Um, I really don't. She's usually like smiley like and like super nice and chipper <laughs> and um, anyway. Hey, so, som- sometimes I'm vaguely threatening as well, I add. So. Yes, for only taking selfies, obviously. So, <laughs> yeah, if, I'm a vaguely threatening selfie taker. If people don't know who you are and what you do, could you please let people uh, get filled in right now? Sure. Um, I mean, I guess you would call me a uh, a media journalist. Um I've been doing video um, journalism in the tech sector specifically well, pretty much my whole career. Um, used to be on tech TV. A lot of people know me from way back in those days. Um, spent many years um, doing that on the G4 network as well. Um, was uh, with Twitch TV for about five years, going on five years. Um, and for the last six months, just, gosh, just over six months now, I've been uh, with TechCrunch. I'm their executive producer of video. And I um, I run the team. Um, and we're doing lots of exciting things right now. I host a daily show called Crunch Report um, that airs right on TechCrunch.com uh, Monday through Friday. We're building out a studio in San Francisco. Um, we're thinking about where we might want to build more studios in other cities because um, TechCrunch is, of course, a global brand. And it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but I think it'll actually probably play well into our uh, conversation I asked today because sometimes it's pretty stressful. So now you've been on your career path for a pretty long time, actually. I used to I used to watch you on um, screensavers way back when, mm-hmm. and yep. Yep. Uh, I got a chance to work with you eventually. And I've told you the story once: the idea that I, I sent an email in and you refused to pronounce my name on air, and um, I was like, that, was, "That must be me." And she's like, "Okay." I'm not going to try to even pronounce this. This guy wants to know about pipelining modems. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that was me. And I was super excited. But anyway, but you've been doing this for a long time. I've, I've, that was back when I was like watching stuff and I wasn't making any content at the time. When did you decide to get into what you do and, and how driven were you to get into this field? Well, it's, it, 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 it's funny because it's like, 
it was kind of by accident, but kind of not. Um, I went to college um, and I majored in broadcasting um, <laughs> after a short-lived stint as a math major when I realized I don't really want to teach math, so I'm not going to be a mathematician. Um, but but so so really, I you know I wanted to work in television in some capacity, and this is a while ago. I mean, I you know when. I don't even know if there are broadcasting degrees anymore, but certainly when I was in college, that was, a, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a big deal. And, um, I thought I wanted to be maybe a video editor. You know, I grew up watching MTV and I just, you know, that all seemed kind of kooky and creative. And I thought that seems like a fun industry to be in. And so, you know, the, the idea of being in front of the camera and kind of being a presenter, you kind of being somebody who performs, that wasn't part of the deal. But I mean, I think it was probably because I didn't want to say that I wanted to do that and then not be able to. Um, kind of that, like, am I good enough? I don't know. If I just don't try and I just do stuff behind the scenes, then you never kind of have to, like, deal with somebody saying that you're not good enough. I don't really know if I thought of it that way at the time, but in hindsight, I think that's probably why I didn't just go ahead and go for um, this whole like, hey, I'm a talented person, listen and watch me, because I actually really like performing when it comes down to it, but that's not really how it started. Um, I started producing when I was working at Tech TV on the show, The Screensavers, that you mentioned, Diaz. Um, it was uh, it was a daily show, um, you know, or on TV. At one point, it was a 90-minute show, and there was just a lot of time to fill. And so... <laughs> As a producer at Tech TV, you know, you hang around long enough and they'll throw you on the camera and try to get you to talk about something, see if you're any good at it. Like, hey, let's explain this registry edit <laughs> you know, on Windows. <laughs> like, if you can do that in two minutes, great. You got a spot on the show. I mean, it kind of, it kind of happened like that. So it was like, I was, I guess, lucky enough to never really have to be like, hey, can I get my big break on TV? It was, it was sort of forced upon me and, um, after, you know, some kind of, you know, uh, a, a little bit of, um, uh, you know, I would say probably for like the first six months of doing that, I was, you know, um, really self-conscious if I said something wrong or if I thought I said something, um, that made me sound stupid, you know, it would really bother me. It was, it was, it was very sort of nerve wracking. And then that all went away. Um, and I mean, that was a long time ago. So honestly, even though I've, I've, I've held many different hats at, at a variety of companies for the most part, that's, that's still kind of the basis of, of my job. So sort of a long winded way to say, you know, I guess kind of, I always sort of wanted to do this, but I, I definitely kind of got into it, um, by accident. How did you handle the stress of basically being overly critical of yourself? Because I know, when I was getting into this whole video world, I was shooting my own stuff. I was editing my own stuff. So I was really rough on myself. So I would reshoot things. And then years later, I look back and go, that was garbage. Even when I thought it was good, it was garbage compared to what I, I can do now. How did yeah. you handle uh, basically, I guess, quelching the voice in your head saying that, oh, you're screwing up, you're screwing up, you're screwing up? Um, I, you know, it wasn't really so much that I had that kind of inner dialogue it was that, um, particularly in technology, you know, you'll always hear women say this, um, men are hard on women. Um, when they think, oh, she's faking it. Oh, they just hired her because she's a woman. She doesn't really like games. She doesn't really know what she's talking about. You know, that sort of thing that would really bother me because 
I would know that they were wrong because I really, you know, I've always liked technology. I was always kind of, you know, if, if there's, if there's anything, you know, liking technology is no longer a tomboy thing, but when I was a little kid, it kind of was, you know, my friends would always be like, Oh, Sarah's the girl who like fiddles around with stereos. And you know, she's got, she's always doing these sort of like hokey radio shows with her, you know, microphone and tape recorder and stuff like that. But um, so so I knew that the the desire and 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 me kind of talking about this stuff was totally authentic, but it would kill me when someone would call me out for being a fake, because I'd think to myself, what am I doing that makes someone say that? I mean, if someone's just going to be rude, whatever they'll say, whatever they want. But it used to, I mean, it would keep me up at night. The feeling that somehow I was I was failing in my authenticity. Um, to, to, to get someone to, to really be convinced that I belonged there. And that again, I think is just, that's just sort of like shedding some self-consciousness that doesn't happen overnight. But for me, it, it did happen. And once that went away, you know, it, it never came back. I mean, I, they, they say thick skin, I guess, is, is something that you develop and there's definitely that, but there's also just kind of like, um, I'll go ahead and not cuss on this show, but it's like just not giving a F um, about what people think because you and your heart know that you're doing the right thing and you're having fun and it's something that you enjoy. Yeah, I was thinking about maybe because you broke in at like such a high level because for me, I've gone from like independent to semi-independent to like corporate you know, at this point. So like each stage I go up, uh, I've been like, I have to do the new reevaluation of what if this larger audience thinks I suck? Oh, look, they are saying I suck. Oh, there's something, the YouTube comments, this is very odd. I've actually seen positive YouTube comments about stuff I'm doing now, which is confusing the hell out of me because <laughs> it's YouTube, okay? And I, I just got to take over a, uh, a show called Top 5, which Tom Merritt started, which is even more hilarious. And, um, and, and I just I replaced Donald Bell, who was, was there for years, good guy, great guy, friend of mine. And the audience was really receptive. And I was just confused because I'm not used to that initial reaction. You know, when I started that show, we were on a show together. The audience wasn't exactly receptive to me right away. So I had to kind of deal with that. So Yeah, but I mean, you're talking about uh, Tech News Today that we used to co-host. And it's like, I mean, I don't remember anyone ever saying that they didn't like you, but I'm sure... When it's you, you know, you're 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 so sort of hyper aware of any criticism that maybe that's something that you felt like you had to deal with and like earn everybody's respect. But like, I don't even remember it that way, you know. Well, that's good. I'm glad that this was not like well known and was like, yeah, I remember no. I didn't like him. Uh, but yeah, that yeah. was a that was a fun time because everyone was like, you don't like Tom, you hate him, you're always arguing with him. I'm like, no, I really like him. He's a good guy. Oh, Just no. like to argue. I really love to argue. That's another thing. Uh, people don't think you're a very calm person when you argue all the time. Anyway, um, let's let's talk about stressful situations. What do you do when you're stressed? Because I like at this point to just to like take a walk, um, just get away from stuff. Or even just the newest thing I do right now is I will sit with my dogs because they never say the wrong thing. I know this sounds really dumb, but like for me, when I have them next to me and there's this this one dog with these giant eyes and she's just staring at me, the other one just lays down at my feet. It's really calming. And I know that the dogs are used for, for therapy and, and their helper kind of things. But that's really like kind of hit some kind of chord lately. What do you do when you're stressed? 
Um, it, exercise. Uh, exercise is, is a huge part of my life. Um, not that it was. I mean, I've, I've had probably a gym membership since I was in high school. You know, exercise was like this thing that, you know, you did so that you didn't get fat. But, you know, for the most part, I mean, that's that's how I remember it anyway. But I mean, to be honest with you, I don't really exercise for weight control. I've found over the years that I'm a pretty small person. And whether I exercise or not, I mean, sure, you kind of feel stronger or whatever um, if, you, if you're exercising regularly. But I my it's not really a weight thing. I don't yo-yo. Um, but I have kind of chronic insomnia, actually. That's something that I've had almost my entire adult life. And... And sometimes I've, in the past, you know, it's really debilitating because not only does it suck just to like be awake in the middle of the night, kind of like thinking about stupid stuff and wishing that you were sleeping, but you can't really do that more than one or two nights in a row until you're just a zombie during the day. You can't do your job well. You're irritable. Um, You know, you just, you just feel crappy and you know, I don't really know why it's something that I have struggled with because I know some people just don't have that problem. I just, I think it's, you know, internalizing stress and it just needing to come out at some point. So, um, the only thing that has really helped me, um, and, and, and I, and I know it and, and that's why it's such a big part of my life is exercise. Honestly, I mean, sure. I mean, if, if I'm really stressing out about something specific, it, it always kind of comes out in the middle of the night. But if I weren't exercising darn near seven days a week, I would be up a lot more. I, I physically tire myself out and I do it first thing in the morning. I've got a whole routine. It has to be in the morning. Um, it's kind of my hour of quiet time where I just exert myself and then it sets my day right. No matter what else happens that day, I still, you know, I had my my nice run or my elliptical or my stairs or whatever it was that I did, um, and and I sleep at night. So, so the, yeah, exercise is like the number one thing by far that I've found helps me. And it's sort of like it's so obvious that there are probably people watching and listening who are like, yeah, yeah, exercise. You know, I hear that all the time. You know, you should meditate. You should exercise, but I'll tell you, I, I mean, and I'm, t- I'm, t- I mean, I exercise pretty hard, you know, that at the end of that hour, I'm, I'm like, I'm dead, I'm drained, but it, but it feels so good and it changes my mood and it, it just, you know, you just get something out that, um, that I don't even have a conversation with myself anymore about whether or not I'm going to exercise, you know what I mean? It's like if I'm not going to exercise, it's because like I'm traveling or, you know, I've got some, you know, you know, engagement that happens once in a while. Otherwise, that's just what I do in the morning. Yeah, that exercise has come up a lot on this program in general, because for me, it keeps me sane. If I don't do it for a couple of days, bad things will happen. I won't sleep. I won't sleep well. I'll get cranky. I need to be walked effectively. If, I, like, if I'm, like a, I'm like an animal, I need to constantly be moving <laughs> or it'll just be a nightmare. Um, when it comes to the idea that you've, you've, you just said you've been like small, like your whole life, I guess, and you haven't had the, the weight issues. I've had a lot of weight issues growing up. So I've been able to completely get off the wagon with exercise, which was horrible. But once I figured it out, like, okay, this, this is a very strange, we don't really talk about this. This is going to be odd. So 
I'm like, when I hit 50, Bring it on. when I hit 50, I want to be able to move. You know, I want to be able to run up and down stairs. I want to be able to still do this stuff. And now when I work out day by day, I'm just thinking, look, if I can do this, if I do this now, I'm going to be thanking myself much later. So this, this idea of thinking about a future, which normally I used to not think about be, what am I doing right now? This is going to help me. I would start analyzing the workouts because I would do something. Uh, you ever heard, ever heard of insanity? That uh, Yeah. Yeah, I have. So I did that for a while. And I was getting very frustrated with it because I'm like, when on earth am I going to need to do a burpee? I never need to do this, okay? It's not like <laughs> a practical thing. There's no, there's no time where like in the middle of the day, there's like you know a 12 o'clock burpee drill for everybody because it's mandated by the state or something. This just doesn't happen. So I was analyzing it far too much, and I was like, wait a second. You're building you know, a core. You're building a, a move set. You're able to move your body. So when, you're, when you go into like, I don't know, if, you're, if I'm under a desk trying to fix something, I'm not going to throw out my back. You know, I'm not going to be like hurt easily. And if I get injured, I'm going to bounce back easier. So like, it's this, a different mindset to exercise because it used to be like, no, I, I don't want to do this because I don't understand why. Or I don't want to do this because I like potato chips. Um, but I just... I've made it really a top level thing for me because I've given up a lot to exercise at this point. I will work out at one hour a day from seven to eight because that's the time me and my neighbor have to have, have worked out because I have the apartment thing. So jumping around doesn't really work there. Anyway, now you got to hear about that. Well, thank you for sharing. Ayaz. I'm glad that you've also found exercise to be helpful for you. I, I, you know, it's, I know it sounds, it sounds, it sounds so basic that it's like there's just no way that exercise can really be that beneficial. I mean, unless you're actually trying to lose weight or 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 get stronger or change your body type, whatever. It's like, you know, for you, there is a there is a, like a, a solid physical component of it. I mean, sure, I I like the you know I like the idea of you know being able to run upstairs and be like my legs are strong. You know, like this is not hard. I am good to go. I like that feeling, but really, it's all mental. It really is. It's, um, it's night and day. If I don't exercise, I think about it all day. You know, I, it it nags at me. It's like, I got to get out and run around. And you know, even if for some reason, um, I actually had, this is like last year now, well over six months ago, I had actually pulled a groin muscle. I don't know if anyone's ever done that before, but boy, does it hurt. And it takes a while for it to, um, for it to heal, you know, like months, or it can, did for me anyway. So because of that, I, I really couldn't run. Um, I could do other things, um, but, you know, brisk walking. Um, in San Francisco, it's kind of nice because the, there's so many hills that it's like, you can like walk briskly up a hill and it's very, you're exerting a lot of effort. But um, but uh, but even during that time where I was like, ah, I'm bummed, you know, I really just kind of like want to like speed run, you know, and kind of do sprints and stuff like that. It still felt good for me to just like, be in motion. And that's kind of the way I try to, you know, live the, you know, monotony of every day. Because of course, sometimes, you know, you're working, you're living, you're, you're, you're doing all the things that you got to do. You're paying bills, you're going grocery shopping. It's like that can sometimes feel really monotonous to me. Um, and as long as I feel like I'm physically in motion, kind of as much as possible, I always feel better. Let's switch gears about, let's talk a little bit about work. Uh, I know that you've been, I've seen you uh, edit and produce effectively, and you're pretty meticulous when it comes to that. How do you balance, I guess, 
Like, when do you know when when is too much and when when's enough? Because I know when I would edit my own work, I could spend hours and hours and hours doing it. But but putting myself on a deadline, I'd be like, okay, look, I'll work on this for three hours, and if it's if it's if it this is as good as it's going to get, because I'm just going to start picking at this thing to the point where it will be pointless and won't see any improvements. How did you make sure that you didn't fall into those kinds of things of being obsessive? Um. Well, you know, and when you're talking about editing, you mean like video editing, right? Yes. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, which is, you know, video editing, of course, is kind of the most meticulous part of putting together a show, uh, or, or one of them anyway, certainly mechanical process. Um, I think, you know, I, the trap that I tend to fall into is not so much being obsessed over the final product so much that I can't stop working on it, but it's that... I, even though I'm a people person, you know, I've always worked on some sort of a team or various teams. The truth is I really like working alone, kind of in my own little silo. I like, you know, I trust myself. I think that, you know, my ideas are good. I know what I want the finished product to look like. And I, I often sort of fall into the trap of, I'm just going to do it all because it's best that way. Because I don't have to delegate something to somebody who believes that mediocrity is okay. Um, I don't have to explain myself when I could just do it myself. You know, it's it's that's that's sometimes per, a perfectly fine way to go about doing things. It also it, it 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 sets you up to to never really trust anybody, though. You know, and I and I know that the the answer to life is not well. I'll just do it all myself so that I know it it's done correctly, but. That's that's kind of the way I'm still operating um, a lot of the time, um, and you know, you you said that you've you've seen the way that I work. It's like I just know what I want something to look like as a final product. Um, I think the nature of live, um, you know, at, at Twit TV, it was a you know a live uh, internet network. You know, at Tech TV, it was a live cable television network. At TechCrunch, it's live in the sense that we're breaking news. We are literally breaking news. So, you know, the, the, the video process of that is, is reflective of this 24-hour tech news cycle. And because of that, you know, you have all these deadlines. So, um, you know, w- when you have a deadline, it's like, okay, this has to be done at 4 p.m., whether it's good or not. Then you 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 push yourself, you pressure yourself to make it as good as possible. But then it's like, you kind of have to let it go free. You know, my baby is done. This is, as, you know, as, this is as good as it's going to get because I had this much time to work on it. And now it's time to move on to something else. That's actually something I really like about this business is that I don't have time to get too obsessive and go over things too many times. Um, it also means that you have to work with people that agree with that philosophy. Um, and that's that's a whole other story. Well, how do you do that? Actually, the idea that you, it can be easier to do stuff yourself. I know when I was again by by myself doing all my work, it, when I had to start conveying what I wanted as a final pr- a product, it took a lot of effort for me to explain what my my, my mind was seeing. Like I was seeing the final project, uh, final product as well. I'm like this this looks like a television show, and I know exactly what it looks like. Why don't you know that? How did you? balance that how did you how were you able to convey that information to other people such that you could trust them to do uh the work that you want well um 
It really depends on the person. I've worked with editors in the past. And again, these are sort of, you know, people who are sitting down and, you know, we're, we're sitting in front of Adobe Premiere or Final Cut Pro. And I'm saying, make a transition here. Cut out my cough there. You know, it's, it's sort of this, it's this, um, it's this sort of delicate dance to make something um, uh, as polished as possible. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've, I've sat with editors in the past. There was this editor I used to work with at G4. He was so good. It's like he knew what I wanted and I didn't have to say it. He just got it. You know, he had the same kind of aesthetic uh, um, know-how and we were sort of speaking the same language. I loved working with him. Or he'd, he'd say, oh, I've got a good idea how to make this, um, this, this little thing you did at the, you know, at the, at the, at the, at the shoot, at the movie theater, whatever, whatever I was doing, I'll, I have, have a good way to make it look really cool, you know, and he'd add something, I'd go, oh, yeah, that's really cool, you know, I didn't tell you to do that, you just, you just kind of took it and ran with it, like, I love working with people like that, um, you know, on the, on the, on another part of production side, it's like, I love working with somebody who's like a really good writer, you know, and I look at a paragraph, and I'm like, yeah, that's good, that is really, that is a good paragraph, like, you're, you're awesome, I'm, I'm not going to change this, you know, you, you, you get it. The, the voice is right. There are a lot of people who are neither of those things. Um, and it's, you know, some, some of the kind of like the cadence of, of, you know, how you talk about technology and how that might be different than something that's only ever read. You know, when you're, when you're speaking, that's just a different set of communication skills. And I get frustrated uh, with people who who don't get that, you know, the tone is wrong. And I, um, and I, you know, that, and then it goes back again to me just being like, Oh, I'll just do it myself. You know, like, I don't know how to tell you why this is bad work. It just is, you know, so I'm just going to redo it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that is a constant thing that I struggle with instead of doing that, help this person understand why it isn't good enough and how it can be better. Um, but, but again, it's, it, it really just depends on the people that you work with. And I hate to say it, but a lot of, a lot of people just kind of want to be told what to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, a lot of really, really important jobs hinge on someone telling that person exactly what to do and them being able to do it right. Um, but when you're kind of in a, in a really sort of creative field, where you're trying to take a concept and explain it to as many people as possible, you know, in layman's terms and, and, and in an entertaining way and all of that stuff. It's like, um, it's, it, 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 it has the capacity to be done very poorly. If, if you're not, if you don't really care, maybe that's the, maybe that's the point I'm getting at. It's like, you really have to care about, what your finished product is and feel good about it. Like, I like this. This is a good little show I just did. This is a good little explainer I just wrote, whatever. Um, and I think some people just kind of, they're just kind of, you know, getting through the day, doing something that's just good enough. And, and that's, you know, that's, it's always been that way. You know, you're never going to have like 100% rock star coworkers. Yeah, so when when I've tried to explain to people what I want and I get frustrated easily, I've I've gotten um, feedback. I'd say that I could be a little bit harsh on people. 
You've never mm. seen like I've seen you talk to people. You seem really calm and and really easygoing when it comes to explaining what you want. But you you have an authority about it. Have you ever run into that problem? And how did you deal with it? Because a lot of my stuff, I've had to learn is just basically lie, just smile, and just try to explain something in a way that is not offensive, which. I don't want to well, do why like being that direct line? because I want to be because direct. You're not acting like how you would want to act. Well, it'd be like well, that idea is really good, but I think this would be better because that first part's a lie. Because it's not uh, that I idea see. was good. It's more right. like I don't want to hurt your feelings because you're gonna you're gonna get really upset about it. Um, mm-hmm. or, I mean, that doesn't happen very often anymore. Uh, but this idea of just because I've, I've kind of learned to go, okay, I can internalize it and go. I think this would be better. Maybe we could do it this way. Have you ever run into any tone issues? Any any communication issues such that that you were, I guess, rubbing people the wrong way? Oh, well, I'm sure they would tell you that I was. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, and thank you, by the way, for saying that I'm pretty even Steven, you know, as a coworker, you know, and as a supervisor. Um, I really try to be. And this this all kind of comes back to that whole, you know, thing I was talking about with exercise earlier. It's like, there is something, there is something to kind of like, this frustration that can build, especially when you're working with other people and yeah, needing to provide feedback or criticism and wanting to not like kind of let your emotions or your frustrations get the better of you to the point where you make your coworker or somebody who's working, you know, under you feel like garbage. And, um, I think kind of just feeling like I'm not so wound up inside that I go off on somebody else and also just getting older and being in the business long enough that, you know, like some of the stuff matters and some of it is just small stuff that we shouldn't be sweating. That has mellowed me out a lot. Um, I think, you know, probably let's go back to the tech TV days. Cause that's, you know, that's the better part of my twenties. You know, that was, that was what I was doing, you know, in that, in that decade of my life. Um, or most of it anyway, I think, you know, I might have been, you know, called a bossy producer because I knew what I wanted and I didn't have a whole lot of time for people who like didn't get it or who I thought made, you know, kind of crappy work or, um, didn't care as much. Uh, you know, I I think, I think probably there would have been more of that, uh, at the time. And the thing is, too, is I kind of have this weird job. I have this a very specific job. And part of that job requires me to be looked at. And, you know, I'm so used to it that that is, that is normal to me. But I realize that that's not normal. I mean, most people think that that's really strange, actually. That, you know, no matter what else is going on, it's like, I do have this product that I put out every day where people are looking at me, um, no matter how I feel or what kind of day I'm having. Um, I'm watching me sort of perform through it. And getting older, you know, luckily with technology, it's like, well, you know, you get older, you can still talk about stuff. It's fine. But I, um, you know, I, I realized that, you know, in in some capacity, really my job is to help other people do what I do. Um, and to be more of, uh, you know, kind of like a, a, I guess like a coach in a way like that, that would be 
me being really effective at my job, I believe. Because if I can only do it as myself and never kind of coach anybody and, and nurture anybody into a role that's similar to this, like I'm all, kind of only doing half of my job. And I'm talking like, I'm talking sort of career as a whole like this. I'm looking, you know, kind of big picture, but that's, that's, that's something that I, I want to do. And I, you know, I, I, I want to do effectively. And because of that, it's like, you have to know how to talk to people, um, where they not only trust that, you know what you're talking about, but, but yeah, you don't intimidate them. You don't bash them. You know, nobody is like a bad worker. Everybody's got talent. It's just sort of figuring out, you know, how to work with people. And some people are really hard to work with, but, um, but you know, those people have feelings too. I guess I just think of it that way. You know, I try to like figure out, Ooh, that's somebody's little, like kind of, you know, that's where you strike Ayaz's nerve in this little area or, you know, or Tom, Tom really kind of gets sensitive about this particular thing. I'm just using your names because we were talking about tech news today mm-hmm. earlier and that sort of thing. It's like, you know, we all, we all kind of get that about other humans. And once you sort of know what those triggers are, you know, to tread lightly because you don't, you don't want somebody to have a bad day because of you. I kind of think of it that way. It's like, I never want anybody to have a bad day because of something that I said or did because, you know, we're all too busy to make each other miserable. So in that sense, you know, hopefully it keeps me pretty even keeled and, 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 and for the most part, a nice person to work with. That's you said it really simply, but the idea of just thinking that phrase in your head, I don't want anybody to have a bad day because of something, an interaction with me like that is, I think that's actually really powerful. I'm just like, wow, actually, that's a really great way to put like a, like a, not a harness, like a backstop to any actions in the course of a day. If, if, you know, (laughs) if, if you're, if you're having a bad day at work, you don't snap at the person at home. If you had a bad day at home, you don't snap at the people at work because you're like, Hey, look, I don't want anyone to have a bad interaction with me or I don't want their day to be worse because of me. Um, But you just kind of like threw that out there. Like, like, is that something you've been thinking for a long time? Because that's, that seems kind of profound. Well, thank you. I don't know if I've ever said it out loud before, and I'm not sure how how consciously I'm thinking that all the time. But yeah, I I really do feel that way. I you know, I mean, if if somebody goes home from work and they're like, "Man, today sucked. Sarah was really upset or whatever." It's like, I mean, I better have a really good reason because um yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, it's like, I don't want to have a bad day because somebody treats me poorly either. It really just is like, um, it's just kind of, it's kind of basic stuff. Uh, that said, it's really hard for people to do that. A lot of people wear their emotions on their sleeve. You know, I, I have, I have had coworkers, um, who, who bring their baggage to work and, and it and it can be really draining on other people, you know, and you see that and you're just like, ah, it's a bummer because they don't know how to, you know, bottling it up is, well, that's not really a very good solution. That certainly wouldn't be my advice to somebody who's having a hard time. But, but, um, but yeah, that would be, that, that's the last thing I would ever want is for anybody to feel like my baggage brings them down, um, and so again, it's kind of like knowing knowing when to kind of keep it to yourself, knowing when to expel some kind of steam so that 
you're not, you know, having an ulcer <laughs> because you don't talk about things that are going wrong, you know, all that stuff. But, but again, it's, I really just think like at the end of the day, there are so many things more important than the little things that people, uh, really let get to them. Um, you know, like you were talking about obsessing over the finished product of a video you might put together. I, you know, on one hand, I'm like, that's great because you really care. On the other hand, I'm like, you know what? It's just a damn video. You know, some, sometimes I just kind of sort of laugh, laugh it off. Um, because what are we all doing at the end of the day? We're just trying to, you know, be good people and get a little money and, and, and love each other. <laughs> Let's really quickly talk about travel. You, you seem to do it a lot. Do you find that relaxing? Because to me, the concept is not uh, appealing at all. Because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to go through. Maybe it's, it's just the inconveniences of travel. Is there something about it that you really enjoy and, and do you find it relaxing? Yes. Um, travel is like, you know, <laughs> if you look at enough dating profiles, it's like, well, everybody loves travel, don't they? You know, we all love traveling. But I, I do. You're right. I, I, I travel a lot. Um, as much as, you know, as much as I can. Um, and sometimes I go back to the same places city. You know, I love the city of Paris. I go to Paris at least once, to, once a year. Um, I like to go to new places. Um, and yeah, I find the whole experience very relaxing. And the reason that I do is because, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean like, oh, because I take a lot of beach vacations where I just sit there and unwind that's not really it. It's perspective. So, for example, um, in a couple of weeks, actually, I'm going on a quick trip to Shanghai. I'm going to be speaking at a conference there. Um, and I actually know somebody uh, that I work, used to work with, Tech TV, actually, alumni, who lives there. And so he's going to show me around. I'm really excited about it. I've never been to Shanghai before. And I already know that I'm going to come back feeling so, like, awesome because when you get far enough away from your daily routine, you know, the city or the town that you live in, your walk to work, well, in my case, I do walk to work, um, your, you know, the, the people that you might have uh, dinner with, your friends, their problems, just kind of that kind of like day in, day out stuff, which might be really great. You might have a really pleasant little existence. Whatever that is, it is a small little world. I don't care what, where you live or, or who your friends are or whatever. It's like that kind of daily routine that majority of us have. It's a small little slice of, you know, what the world is as a whole. So when I get out of that routine and I go somewhere new and I look around and it's like none of these people have ever heard of me, you know, I don't know what any of these people do. I don't know what their hopes and dreams are. I don't know, you know, do they want children? What's their favorite book? I, I, I really geek out on that it, because there, there are so many different people that have like these profound, you know, wants and needs and desires and, and things that they care about. And it's like, I'll never know any of that about any of these people, but their existences are just as valid as mine. And that relaxes me because I think to myself, gosh, all that BS at home doesn't really mean anything because we all have it and it's a big, big world. And the more often I remind myself of that, the happier I am because I know that 
there are a lot of different ways to live life and I can do all sorts of different things. I could move to India and like be a street vendor and I think I'd be pretty happy, you know? I could, you know, I don't know, live in a skyscraper in Shanghai maybe. I don't know. I, you know, I'll tell you when I get back. But that um that is like the most like relaxing beautiful thing I've ever experienced and that's why I travel all the time. Well, that's it. I mean, on this show we've uh one of the topics that comes up a lot is perspective. Uh, we don't talk a lot about how to gain it other than try to you know, put yourself in a mindset where you can think about people outside of you, maybe even meditate on that. But to actually bring yourself to another location that, I mean, almost forces your hand. Like you have to put stuff in perspective because it's so foreign. I, I visited Pakistan once in my whole life. Uh, that's where my folks are from. And I was so happy to be home after that because it was so unusual. But I was like 13 at the time. So I, I wouldn't, I, there's no way I could possibly appreciate it. But it was just so different. But then it also made me think like, I like that we have street lights and lanes in traffic <laughs> because it's freaking crazy over there. You're going to die. And I yeah. didn't really like that. I like that we had a stable government that wasn't going to be overthrown in 10 years. Little things like that you don't think about. And so like, I, I never thought about travel to gain perspective as silly as that sounds like of course that should be that way of course it's all it seems like it's it's to you it's like you sound like when you say it, you think it's obvious and to me i'm just like oh i should have really thought of this this is also why yeah. that's why i really enjoy doing this show as well because i get to learn a lot of stuff like this yeah i think you know it's funny too because you know you mentioned pakistan and being like oh man i really appreciate the states because you know there are a lot of things about pakistan that i don't you know feel comfortable with um, or I wasn't comfortable being there. And see, I like that feeling too. I like traveling to a new place and disliking it. Because now I know. Instead of either wondering or just not thinking about this 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 huge swath of land where people are living and working and, you know, having families and doing all the things that, you know, we as humans do on the planet earth. But it's like, I like to go somewhere and be like, yep, wouldn't want to live here. And here are the reasons why. And that's cool to me. I don't know. (laughs) It's a weird thing to say, but it's like, I'll, I'll go anywhere because if I don't like it, then it helps me appreciate the things that I do like. And I'm, it's easier for me to explain that to myself or somebody else. That's how I feel about upstate New York. I lived there. I'm like, okay, I appreciate city much more. Cities and walkable things. Anyway, yeah. uh, I think that we should wrap stuff up. Sarah, do you have any parting words for the audience? <laughs> um, on the subject of, of peace and the quest for it? Yes. Uh, well, I certainly hope... Um, some of the stuff that I said resonated uh, with with some of you. Um, I think I think in general, my quest for peace is is pretty standard. Um, I I really I guess you know if if there would be any sort of wisdom to impart, uh, I don't have any more answers than anybody else. Um, and sometimes I live a not peaceful existence at all. I have some really bad days, <laughs> like we all do, um, but. I do think that um, being really conscious of how we are, for the most part, really kind of in control of our destiny, even if it's something as simple as like waking up and just having a good day, you know, until you go to sleep at night. Um, I think the the more that 
we can just think in terms of that rather than kind of like being a victim of circumstance or, you know, the, the bus, you know, uh, as, uh, I got, um, uh, I'm trying to think of how, splashed how by a bus. Splashed by a bus. Yeah. You knew what I was going to say. I, I was you. thinking of the sex in the city intro. What a weird thing to be thinking of right now. But, um, yeah, like that sort of thing. It's like, you know, just kind of <sighs> sort of steering yourself into as many good days as possible. Um, it's something that is, it's, it's work. Um, I do it and I think it's probably a good thing for other people to do. Um, maybe just a little bit more than they're doing now. That would be, I guess my advice for all of us. Sounds great. So like this is, this has been like really helpful for me today. So if, if nobody in the audience got anything out of this, I did. So thank you. <laughs> good. Uh, I have helped one human. And that's gonna I have, feel good too. It's going to be a ripple effect. Because if I'm nicer, there are a lot of people who are very happy. And I'm like, you can thank Sarah for that. So go ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if people wanted to find you online, where could they possibly do that? Well, um, uh, I work full time at TechCrunch.com. I mentioned that I host a show, Crunch Report, um, on weekdays, and that is uh, it goes live at four p.m. Pacific, uh, seven p.m. Eastern, right on TechCrunch.com. I mean, you really can't miss it. But um, otherwise, I'm on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. My username is Sarah Lane everywhere in the world. Um, if you uh, if you kind of want to do like an internet research thing. I mean, it's like I, everything's online pretty much. Although somehow my Wikipedia page disappeared in the last year. I think there were there was some sort of like troll army who didn't want me to have a Wikipedia page, which is great because there were some things in it that were inaccurate anyway. <laughs> I like how you, so you can't find me on Wikipedia anymore, but besides that, I'm I'm everywhere. That's Sarah with an H if you listen to the audio version of this. Yeah, Sarah, Sarah with an H. L-A-N-E. So uh, we do the show at gfqnetwork.com. So if you want to see uh, the archives, we've got that available. If you want to tweet at us, you can. Uh, we have at Quest for Peace TV. Or you can tweet me directly at Ayaz. If you wanna, if you wanna talk about something, you got some ideas, or you, you have some problems, or whatever. I'm not. This I'm not like a therapist or anything. But if you want, like, you go. I can't figure this idea out. You can send me an email, uh, quest at gfqnetwork.com. And if you want to keep it private, that's why we have the email address. You don't have to tweet out these things because otherwise, you know, you could feel embarrassed or whatever. So that's what we do on this show. We try to figure out stuff. And uh, thanks to Sarah, I've got some new notes. I'm like, okay. You know, make sure people aren't having bad days because of me. That's an idea. Um, and traveling for perspective. That for me, I'm like, okay, maybe I will go to the Bronx later. Maybe that's what I'll do. And it's a little far from me. Do it. <laughs> Look at that encouragement. Uh, that does it for us. Thank you for watching and or listening. We'll be back when the next time. So subscribe, gfqnetwork.com. <laughs>